Long ago, the four nations lived in harmony. Then everything changed when coronavirus attacked. Only AfterBuzz and AfterShow Network could stop it. But when the world needed it most, it vanished. A thousand years passed, and we discovered a new AfterShow of perfect TV. And although our streaming platforms are filled and cluttered, there's a lot more TV to cover. But I believe this could be the best AfterShow in the world. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to AfterBuzz TV's Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch show. We're stuck in quarantine right now. So what else do we have to do except for watching the greatest TV show of all time? Joining me today, we've got our newbie to Avatar. This is his first time ever watching it, Elgin of the Water Tribe. Elgin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, and I'm ready to talk about these episodes. Let's do it. All right, and we've got an appearance by our producer, Ryan, our swamp bender. Ryan, how are you doing right now? Bending all types of swamp. I am honored to be joined by y'all today on camera. I did watch these two eps. I am very excited to talk about each of them equally. They're both good. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that, Ryan. All right, and we have a new guest host today who is a composer and filling in for our Earthbender slot. We've got Bailey. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Looking forward to talking about both episodes today. And you guys, I'm here. Eric, your, your moderator for today of the Fire Nation. And unfortunately, Alexis cannot be on the show today, and she won't be able to be on here for a little bit due to some personal business and some, and some scheduling. But rest assured, anytime Alexis's schedule opens up for it, we are more than willing to have her come on the show. We miss you already, Alexis. We miss you. All right, guys. So today we're going to be talking about episodes. <laughs> we do miss you quite a lot already. We're already falling apart. So today we are going to be talking about book one, chapters 11 and 12, The Great Divide. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> that was a the great, great divide, divide in your in your speech right there. <laughs> yes, it yeah. was. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out, Ryan. We're talking about the Great Divide and the Storm. One great episode, one filler episode. Could not. This is ridiculous. <laughs> the amount of hate you're giving the Great Divide, <laughs> I am. I'm furious over. I'm going to be defending as, this episode. Feel free. Go ahead. And as always, everyone, these are the only episodes we will be talking about today. Please do not spoil anything in future episodes in the live chat and comments or tweets to us. As we said, this is Elgin's first time watching the show, so we don't want anything spoiled for him. All right, don't you guys ready it. to talk about episode 11? I am, and Elgin's forbidden from oh, the live chat, y'all. He cannot look. <laughs> yes, we've got Ryan covering the live chat for us today, so send all your comments to Ryan, and you'll be send sure it. to get them on the air, guys. All right, so episode 11, The Great Divide. It's a very... Uh, straightforward plot for this episode really it's kind of like a romeo and juliet thing really two different tribes hate each other long time dispute over pretty much just a misunderstanding or as we find out it was a lie so we start off ang and the group they all ang katar and Sokka. they get to a canyon which my first question is why did they even stop here guys appa could have just flown over this canyon and they wouldn't have had to deal with this filler episode at all they were what? sleeping they woke up and that's the guy showed up right as they woke up thank you then you yeah. get on appa and leave dude that we is don't well, need that to is, be wasting that, time I, with listen, this that is a, ah. that is something you could apply to every episode though right why don't they just keep you are going? not wrong I, I think appa gets tired <laughs> and that is something they've they've said in past episodes yeah, you're and not future wrong ones I, I think he can't fly all the time um i also think 
you know, they mentioned that the Fire Nation destroyed, I believe, the the Gangies, the Gangies tribe. They, they they destroyed their home, so maybe yeah, these guys been aren't safe down. in this area. You might be right. Yeah, they've been burning down the villages because, as Ryan just mentioned, we meet two more tribes here: the Zhang tribe and the Ganji tribe, who are two completely opposing types of tribes. One is the much more refined, like clean about everything. And the other tribe, much more gritty. They're not afraid to get dirty. And quickly we learn they're butting heads over a 100 year long feud. Elgin, once we started getting into the episode, we started hearing the reasons why both of the tribes disliked each other. Did you tend to side with either of the tribes specifically? Or were you kind of just confused? Like, why are both of you complaining about a 100 year old feud right now? Uh, I'm kind of like in Sokka's type of attitude is whoever gave me food, I'm going to side with them. <laughs> but I just never, I could never understand why they were really arguing because none of them knew what happened a hundred years ago, but they're also elderly people too, which is why I was kind of confused as to all the misconstruedness that was going on. So I don't know. It was very confusing. Uh, I agree with you there, Elgin. Even if this was a hundred-year-old feud, the oldest people might have been 60. That probably means their parents were around for it. They probably heard first or second hand what the argument was here. But so we end up, the groups have to go down into a huge canyon, they say, stretches for hundreds of miles, which they apparently travel on foot overnight. Night. <laughs> they are moving very quick, all of these people right here. Yeah. And miles a day is a lot. Yes, that is quite a lot. Thank you, Bailey. <laughs> so, yeah, we quickly learned that this is a hundred-year-long feud. Ryan, same question that I gave to Elgin. Did you tend to side with one of the tribes over the other at first? Well, listen, I think this this the way they set this up is really interesting in that, you know, the Zhangs and, and Ganges, Ganges were like the Wildlings' Night's Watch before the Wildlings' Night's Watch. Like, these two groups do not like each other at all and i i <laughs> no. at first you're like that oh, is, is a, this just a that is a detail? great comparison well what what was interesting i bought it i bought the feud uh, i think everything with this this world that they've set up is a lot of nations are feuding with each other and i think even if you're a part of the same nation or mm -hmm. area there's these miniature mm -hmm. feuds so i bought it and i thought it was even more interesting when we heard the backstory from each side's point of view Yes, that's one thing I'm actually going to go into right now. I personally sided more with the Zhang tribe because in both of their situations, the Zhang tribe were the ones who were condemned more. And we, the first people we meet are the Ganji tribe, and immediately they're just insulting the Zhang tribe before we even meet them. So I'm already like, oh, these guys, clearly there's a problem here. And one of the lines that really made me side with them was, when the Zhang leader was talking with Sokka saying, oh, the other people, they probably think we're so dirty. They already assumed we were gonna bring food down with us because they were not allowed to bring food into the canyon with them. So like, oh, they're so much better than us. They think they can bring the food. So already I was thinking, wow, these guys seem to have been going through more of a struggle than the Ganji tribe. I'm gonna side with them. Bailey, do you have an opinion in how this feud was playing out at all? Um. I didn't have a strong opinion to either side for me. I just thought they were both so petty the whole time. 
and that pettiness was just insane. So, I if I had to choose, I'd probably still choose the Jang tribe because like. Yeah, I, I, I hear you, man. They're I, a little rougher on the edges, but like, yeah, I, I, I hear but like you. If I, if I were in a tribe, I think I'd be Jang tribe. So like, I'd have to choose that one. They cleverly, they they do a really good job of going back and forth. I feel like the way they present details about each side. At first, you know, yes. the, even when we we meet one of the Yangjis, he's just mean to Team Avatar instantly and then you see just a visual of the Zhangs, you're like oh gosh mm-hmm. here comes trouble and then so you're already siding with them and then you flip-flop when you hear their story and then you flip-flop when you hear the other story and it's like I thought they did a really great job of like threading that needle that by the middle of the episode I didn't really have a side I preferred but I think that's the point is like I I, I, I understood the feud but I, it seemed ultimately ridiculous because none of them were even alive for it. It's just this pent up resentment over something they weren't. Yeah, even that's there a good for. point, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we quickly realize that no one is going to agree with anybody during this over this feud. It ends up coming to blows. The two leaders of the tribe start sword fighting until Ang steps in and he tells the tribes, "Oh, I might not look it, but I'm over a hundred years old. I knew." both of your tribe ancestors, and I was there when all of this was happening. So Aang quickly tells them that it wasn't a ceremony that was happening between these two tribes that got interrupted. It was just a game between two twin brothers who were eight years old at the time. And surprisingly, it worked to... Surprisingly, both of the tribes listened and agreed with Aang that, oh, this is a plausible thing. And turns out Aang was lying. So, do you, Elgin, right off the bat, is it? Do you think it was okay for Ang to just lie about this tribe's history to get them over this feud, or do you think he should have more just let it be like, "Hey, it's your guys' history. You're going to interpret it how you want." Yeah, I'm usually the type of person that just says, "Hey, just let history play the course it's supposed to play." But in that situation, I think it was okay. You know, why not build more peace? And that's his job as the Avatar which kind of makes me think in the future, what else is he going to have to do um, in terms of this job as an avatar? Is he going to do even worse things than that? So that's kind of like a precursor that I'm thinking in my head that's going to happen, that they kind of just downplayed it for something bigger later on. Mm-hmm. Ryan, I saw you shaking your head a little bit. Dude, I just got to say, we're, we're, already what are your talking, we're, already, <laughs> we're already talking about the end of this episode. We're, we're, we are flying through this one. I have to tell you, just as a thesis... I think this episode is yeah. very easy to overlook. I think, yes, this is a filler. Does this episode pertain to the overall plot? Does does Aang learn a new a new form of bending this episode? No, none of that happens. And yes, they just cross a canyon nope. ultimately. But I think this is a character-building episode for many reasons. First and foremost, with Katar and, Katara and Sokka, the episode starts with them feuding over like how they're going to set up a mm-hmm. tent. And one wants to be more cautious than the other. One wants to kind of just get some rest a little sooner than the other they each have these flaws and they're fighting back and forth and what i think is so interesting is each of these tribes reflect uh similarities into each of their beliefs like Sokka going with the Zhangs, they just want to eat they want to they want to just burl up feel comfortable get to the next it's the dry season he's like exactly while katara is with them and they're just being like overly cautious so they they were automatically aligning with people of similar beliefs which goes in this whole theme of like 
cognitive dissonance. What I found so right. fascinating about this, though, and with that lie at the end there, is because the Avatar is supposed to be the guy who brings them together. And mm-hmm. I just remember even as a kid seeing this episode, when you found out Aang lied, I was like, is that okay? Like, that is such an interesting <laughs> thing, because for the greater good, it was a good lie, because ultimately it doesn't matter. And just, You're right, exactly. A, a quick shout-out to the chat. Um, Flyflip87 said, I asked myself why they never questioned that each of the, uh, the, the the guys from the past had the same names but flipped. Did you guys notice that? Yes, oh, yeah. I, d- I noticed that on this rewatch as well. Oh. I was like, oh, wait, they have the same name. It's just backwards. It's like Jin. Interesting. Yeah. Jin, Jin Wei and Wei Jin. Jin Wei and Wei Jin. They're the same names mm-hmm. but flipped. So that made me believe Aang's story that like this could have fallen through history. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know. But like, what do you think about that lie? Like, was that okay that he lied? <laughs> Personally, I agree with you, Ryan. It was a lie for the greater good. These two tribes clearly were never going to understand each other. They were never going to get past what happened in their history. So Aang said, why have any more hate? We already are fighting a hundred-year war that I've been missing. Why can I not solve this one feud between these two tribes here? Bailey, what are your thoughts on all of this? Uh, I think the lie was fine. I think that was totally okay. Uh, especially considering the objective, like the ends justify the means kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, do you all notice Aang kept saying the same phrase? Uh, or like, what was it? Um, Harsh words won't solve problems, action will. Yes. From mm-hmm. the beginning of the episode, when he says that, I was like, oh man, someone's going to fight in the end of this episode <laughs> because he says that. And they draw Is swords at the end. Yeah. Yes, they do. Which I think. And, and Bailey prompted the lie when he was like when life or death came into play that's a good point yeah oh most likely yeah yeah because it's rather better to lie than you know lose human lives yeah also can we just talk about real quick how creepy looking those canyon crawlers were yeah what was that (laughs) i can't believe that as a child i was watching this and i wasn't freaking out any moment they were on the scene. I remember when the guide, the funniest moment for me this whole episode. So the guide, their guide got hurt. And then when they come back, he's like, they got a taste and now they want the rest. They're coming <laughs> back they <for> more. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, Bailey, and I were, Bailey and I were watching it together and Bailey goes, yeah, what makes this guy go crazy once he gets bit by these monsters? <laughs> Bailey, what were you about to say? Uh, there's also a moment when when Aang realizes everybody has food. He goes, "Everybody, do like I do. We're gonna ride out of here." And he puts the stack on the end of like the muzzle of the alligator spider. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I, I don't think it is all. an alligator spider. But yeah. In order to do that, he's like, "Do what I do," and then does like a twenty foot tall double backflip onto the spider. Say, <laughs> "I follow my lead." Yeah. But they I don't all think did. anybody's nearly as nimble. <laughs> that was a, that was so creative. Like put the bags over the, yeah. the muzzle mm-hmm. them basically. That was, yeah, that was a very interesting way for them to solve that problem there. And they, they worked together. Where the bags come from? Mm-hmm. The food. That's yeah. what was carrying the food. Uh, yeah. So okay. before we jump into Avatar <laughs> Bingo, do you guys have any last thoughts on this episode? What were the lessons, Elgin, that you thought they learned from this episode? Um, I think one of the main lessons was sometimes you got to lie to make things happen. But also another good point that Ryan uh, brought up, which I was kind of thinking throughout this whole entire filler episode, was that 
the episode kind of wasn't about the actual situation that we were talking that we were watching when we were like viewing the episode. It kind of was this metaphor for the actual characters, and I think this why this was like a Sokka and Katara episode because it kind of went through um, the differences that they had and the position that Aang is sometimes put in being in the foreground. Mm-hmm. So I really did like how they showcased that metaphor and this intricate type of way but it was really cool to see those parallels with with the actual situation that we were watching and the undertones with those two characters uh, being Katara and Sokka so I really enjoyed this episode yeah that's a good one uh Bailey what did you think the lesson was for this episode um man I'm gonna sound so kindergarten when I say this listen to each other (laughs) (laughs) uh because the whole time throughout the whole episode like it's they each make claims about their story and neither side listens to a word. They just kind of yell back their opinions, wait for the other person to finish kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I felt like it was just, just listen, listen to your, listen to your opponents. Listen to other people. Yeah. Ryan, what did you think the lesson was for this episode? Well, I mean, again, there, there are some really interesting things at play here. Like there was some, some social injustice where it like got locked up for 20 years and like there's some reasonable resentment here uh from from each side and what i found was really fascinating was we never got closure on this this orb you know like they kept saying like the sacred orb and neither side had the orb um so i think the lesson i mean it, it this sounds very like kindergarten like you were just saying but i think it's I think it's kind of like let the past die, you know, like you got to compromise, you got to move on. And especially, I think that became really evident after they all worked together, muzzled the beasts and then were like, oh my God, you're pretty good at this. But they were still about to fight each other. The fact that it had to result in the Avatar lying to them. I, I was like, yeah, I mean, if that's what it takes, because the, it's the same tribe, it's the same area. Like, you can't just, on something that no one was yeah. alive for, it's like, you got to move on. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that's it. It's, you have to move on. Yeah, Ryan, you took mine almost word for word there. Mine was going to be just, like, let the past, like, die in the past. Uh, the same point you made, where both of the tribes, when they were forced to work together, they realized, oh, you are so much more reliable and you are so much more than what I thought you were before we got in this mess. And then, yeah, they're still like, oh, but because of our history, I'm not going to try and move on and work with you. Aaron, so, Aaron, yeah. Aaron Sims in the chat, the bags are still on their mouths. How are they going to eat? It's a good question. <laughs> oh, Ang just condemned all of them to die of starvation. <laughs> That's it, Aaron. Ang doesn't care at this point. <laughs> yeah, do you guys any, ha- do any of you guys have any last thoughts on this episode before we go over to bingo? It's not filler. I don't yeah. think so. It, it's a filler. Thank you for your input, Ryan. All right. So if everyone is ready, we're going to head on to our episode 11 of Bingo for this episode. Elgin, Bailey, and Ryan, before we reveal it, do any of you think we got Bingo this episode? Let's see. We got got, got a lot of boomerang action. We We did. We had so much boomerang action. I was so happy this episode. (laughs) A lot of beasts. There's the one new beast. Um, there's no Zuko, as far as I'm aware. No Zuko, you are correct. So that that's like eliminating a lot. <laughs> um, and also we saw like no, we only saw water. Oh, we did see three bendings. We saw Earth. What else, guys? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he, he didn't say yip yep. 
there was a little bit of water bending because Katara does the water whip one time. Again. <laughs> yes, Bailey's right. There was water bending. There was water bending. And a crazy old man. See, I think when you don't have any Fire Nation at all, that's no bingo. We do not have bingo in this episode. <sighs> we were close. If we had had a Zuko appearance of him talking about his honor, we would have had bingo this episode. There we go. All right, so Ryan's pulled oh, it up. We had our airbending with Aang slicing the watermelon in half at the beginning and while he's fighting off the creatures. We had earthbending because the earthbending guide was helping get rid of the rocks so the Fire Nation can't follow them. We got nothing on the second row, which was kind of shocking to me, actually. We had an angry Katara. She was yelling at Sokka about the tent at the beginning mm. of the episode. We've got our free space. Then we have the new characters. We had both of the new tribes, and we had the earthbending guide. Mm. We had a lot of boomerang action. Makes up for the lack of boomerang towards the beginning of the season. <laughs> we had the new animal, which, as far as I could find, they were just called canyon crawlers, and they were terrifying. And then we have the airbending. Yeah, that's really it. We were very close. If we had had Zuko saying my honor, we would have had a bingo. Dang. Would have been great. So close. Yeah. All right. So are you guys ready to talk about episode 12, arguably the best episode of season one, The Storm? Let's go. Oh, wow. It is. Wow. Yes, Elgin, I'm making a bold. I did. (laughs) Now I'm kind of disappointed to watch the rest of the season. Whoa. I think this is Eric's personal fave. I, it might be, this might be my favorite episode of the first season. Yeah. I yeah. mean, what did you, what was your favorite part of it, Eric? I love the fact that we got Zuko's backstory in here because we had had, we had heard what had happened to him. We had heard he had been burned, but we had never heard the full story of why he was burned. And my favorite thing about it is that he was punished by his father for standing up for people who could not defend themselves in that moment. You you even so, you, you had a good parallel though of backstories. Like you had you had Zuko as to why he's on mm-hmm. this quest, but then you also had Angs, which we had an idea of Angs. Right. But this was Yeah, that's the other parallel story there. You're correct. Yeah, we mm-hmm. got all of it. And Yeah, so for all of you viewers at home, the episode broke down like this. Uh there's a huge storm coming. Everybody is aware of it. Clear skies at the beginning though, but everyone knows there's a storm coming. And Storm comes, and lots of backstory happens in this. On, the, on Aang's side, we have Aang and Katara. Aang is approached by a farmer saying, wow, you're the Avatar. Where have you been? You've abandoned us. And as far as we know, Aang just disappeared and like accidentally was gone for 100 years. But we finally get the backstory here that he ran away from being the Avatar. He was told he's the Avatar, but he didn't want to because everything about his life was going to change. All of his friends in the air um, nomads were turning back on him. They couldn't play with him anymore because he's the Avatar. It's unfair. His Big guardian. <laughs> Call him out, Elgin. There Call you go, out, Elgin. That is your input <laughs> from that episode. Fake friends. <laughs> they really are. I mean, seriously, go off. Like they. <laughs> what was up with that? No reason. But um, and then we have Ang's guardian, Monkey Yatsu is going to be taken away from Aang. They don't want, mm. they know Gyatso cares about Aang, but they're like, no, he needs to focus on being the Avatar. That's it. So Aang runs away and just abandons his job for his role of being the Avatar for a hundred years. And on Zuko's side, we have him butting heads with his crewmates and all of his crew is like, I don't understand. He is always so angry. We don't get it. And then we have Iroh telling the kind of sad story 
about how Zuko yeah. was burned by his own father just for standing up for innocent people. Ryan, which of you, Dude, of the Zuko might, and Aang story, what are your thoughts? I might push to Elgin because I want to hear his reaction. All right, yeah, Elgin, let's see. Elgin, how Where did you feel about at? both of these? <laughs> Where's the, Who's mom? Yeah, who are you talking Zuko's about? Zuko's mom. Like, he doesn't have a mom. No, Zuko. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll Where's hear the mom at? at some point. Oh, is that kind of like a spoiler thing? I mean, I, that's, no, that's a good question. Like, yeah. Do you think she, she wasn't the mom there. done anything? I, I would hope so. <laughs> I don't know. So, it Elgin, was kind of crazy. Elgin, one question I do have for you for this was, mm-hmm. everything we have seen of Zuko from this show, he has been the angry person. He hasn't really done that many redeeming qualities except for looking out for his uncle. Like a few episodes ago, he could have pursued Aang, but instead he went to save his uncle. And in this episode, we're suddenly seeing Zuko was kind of a sweet kid growing up. Mm. Like it's kind of like this circumstance put him in here. So how did you react to seeing Zuko have such a different personality in the flashback versus the Zuko we know now? Um, I kind of feel a little bit sorry for him now, seeing that he has a couple daddy issues. But I mean... Hey, maybe he'll be good in the end. But also, lightning bending? That's in the show, too? That was sick. Oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> yeah. When Bailey and I saw that, we're like, oh, yeah, lightning bending is here. We are happy. Uh, yeah. Would you consider yeah. that bending? Or, like, that was almost like a, it was like a redirecting. Yeah, this one is probably wouldn't be classified as the bending this one probably would be classified as more of the redirecting of the lightning and not just typically it's like a ricochet bending. yeah mm-hmm. i okay. love the look on iroh's face after he does it because it's a face that says i didn't know that was gonna work but it did <laughs> Dude, that was great yeah it was and just the hair how it was sticking up on his ends like that oh perfect so yeah bailey i'll throw it to you what did you think of ang's storyline here did you more understand why he ran away when he was given his responsibility? Or do you more side with the farmer being like, no, this was the job. You might not have signed up for it, but this is the job you were given to protect us and you abandoned us. Where do you fall on that scale? Um, I, oh, I can rationalize both sides, but I think I kind of lean, because on the one hand, if you look at it with like the adult perspective of the farmer, yeah, he did run away. This was the job that he was tasked with, especially when the world was in crisis. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it as if you were a 12-year-old child, yeah, I would, I would be nervous too. I would want to run away as well. My, my thought is always, why did he run away? Where was he running to? Because that's, the, Yeah, that's always been my question as well. Is the air temple. Mm-hmm. So, mm. where are you going to go? Where is your refuge if it's not with Monk Gyatso? Which, he's perfect. Best character in the whole show, in my opinion. I love that. Oh. I yes, love LG. that man. Next to maybe Iroh. Whoa. Okay. LG, you had a reaction. What was <laughs> yeah. that reaction to? So, whoa, my mind is blown right now. Because I have questions. All right, LG, what is blowing your mind right now? How did he know who Boomy was if he ran away from the air temple and had none of that reactions yet? And then he froze himself. So that 
I think he traveled so, prior. Yeah, he had he had been traveling yeah. more. The okay, air, prior yeah, to the that. air people they mm-hmm. are air nomads, so they don't fully stay all the time. Their home bases are pretty much the air temples, but they do travel across the world and try and interact with the okay. other bending elements. I had a question wow. Eric, about the air air nomads. The because well, one thing I, I question about that just in general, I. One thing that this episode made me think of was I don't think the Air Nomads are as awesome as they've been made out to be. Oh, I agree. I, I think th- there's this idea that, like, oh, you're a nomad. You're very peaceful. You're great. But, you know, you're right. He's like a 12-year-old kid, and you were already prepping him for war. I, I like to compare this to some other shows or mediums, like Star Wars. I'm a big Star Wars guy. It's very standard template of the hero's journey and like when he had no one else he picks up his sword and he just starts fighting for the rebellion i mean they Mm -hmm. were making that decision for him and he's younger than like an anakin skywalker same with harry potter you know there's that idea of like raising a pig for slaughter and but like it's his senior year he's a he's grown up now but they're making a decision for him then like this is a kid who's not ready for this yet and no, I just I think that that's weird. Like, what do we think about the air nomads doing that? I On the think flip side, those though, are great. Oh, go ahead, Bailey. Yeah. Okay. What's your alternative? Like, what is your plan? Because that's all you have. I don't think it's. I don't think they're doing it because they want to do it. I think they're doing it because they don't have another choice. I mm. kind of agree with Bailey there because they even make a point to say, "Yes, Kiyasa, we know you have the boys' interest at heart, but we need to focus on the good of the world." Because Aang is the only person as the Avatar who was able to really bring balance. Like, that's his title. The Avatar's mm-hmm. title is the one who was supposed to bring balance to the but, world. Yes, Elgin. If he does not have balance within himself, how can he save the world by... Yeah, though? Yeah, Can't that's a good it. argument as well. Because, like they said, they gave this... They told Aang at 12, when you're supposed to find out at 16. Granted, it's only four years, but that's a big amount of time in someone's life. Like, I would argue at 16, you know more about yourself than you do at 12. So it would be easier for someone to understand the job of the Avatar. But I also think they make the point again saying that, yes, we know you're 12. We know we should have waited till you were 16. But there's problems right now. And we need somebody to act as quickly as possible. So, Ryan, what would you say to their argument there? (sighs) You're right. I mean, I... You fleshed it out. I think that I understand their actions, but I think that the fault in their actions was that they're trying to, to strip Aang from everything before prepping him. And I think yeah. it's just knowing that like you're dealing with a kid here and he's not, he is the Avatar, but he's not the Avatar yet. And uh, I think if you surround him by things he's familiar with, if you give him that balance, then it makes that transition a lot easier. I just think it was a little bit overwhelming. And um, I mean, even the way they were telling him, like they were all like, you picked the four toys out of hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of toys. And it's obviously like an overwhelming thing, but it's, I think it's also a testament to Aang. Like he didn't even give it like a second thought. He flew away. He ran. I, like, yeah. I instinct. agree with you, Ryan. I think they, yeah, they could have done this with so much more tact. I also think they would have handled it better Aang heard the news that they were going to separate Gyatso because he was hiding out and listen and like eavesdropping on that. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were going to go in there and be like, Aang, you and Gyatso can't do anything ever again together. I do think they would have done it 
more calm than that. But again, Aang's only 12. Like, you don't know how he would have reacted to them giving him the news in a good way or the kind of harsher way that he found out. Okay, yeah, yeah this might be my favorite episode besides the Solstice episode. But, and you know what's, I'm thinking about it. what's even more interesting is they're contrasting that with Zuko, who he a very polar opposites here someone born royalty like born important who just wants to be in like the room like he just wants to be with the boys in the room mm-hmm. and he gets burned for that whereas ang is running away from the high responsibility he doesn't want to be in the room and they're yeah and that's a in. great point you made there right zuko wants mm. to take on that responsibility which i kind i personally think the zuko storyline in this episode might be my favorite part of the episode i think I like the Zuko storyline better than hearing about Aang's backstory. Because, Ryan, you made the great point. Zuko wanted to take the responsibility on. He wanted to be in the room there. And you see he's a genuinely nice kid who gets burned for standing up for people, again, who aren't there to defend themselves. And Eric... He was doing the right thing. The way... And I want to to hear Bailey and Elgin's thoughts on this too, but the way this episode, the way that these stories are being told are very interesting to the characters too. Like Aang Mm -hmm. gets called out by a Fisher guy and then he just unloads all this to Katara Mm -hmm. voluntarily. Whereas Zuko has like that flare up with the crew member who's like, you don't care about our soldiers. You're just like this spoiled prince. And then Iroh's like, slow your roll dude like i'm gonna and then iroh tells him like zuko doesn't mm-hmm. even tell him it's nope. iroh telling you second hand because zuko wouldn't share that so like right. what does that mean that zuko won't share that story but ang will share his yeah bailey what were your thoughts on i know you and i had a conversation briefly about how different the crew acted towards zuko after hearing about this so what are your opinions on the zuko storyline and how that's fleshed out to us I definitely preferred the Zuko storyline to the Aang storyline one. And two, I liked some of the some of the characterization we saw from Zuko in after after the story was told. Because the lightning strikes the ship, right, and everything is damaged and there's a crew member in danger at the top of like the mast. And Zuko is the first one to go up and try and help save it. So I loved seeing that. Uh, one question that did that I, I had to ask myself once once I saw this again was how on earth did Ozai and Iroh grow up to be such different people? Yeah, considering their brothers, such you know? a good question. How does that happen? Really good question. Um, they also don't really look similar, <laughs> yeah. not at all. Iroh looks like he's like thirty years older than yeah. Ozai. Dude, he did not age well. Like not in the happened. slightest. <laughs> yeah, uh, Elgin, what did you think of the characterization that we get from Zuko? Like Bailey said, he was the first one up to try and go save the crew member. So what do you think, how do you think that fleshes out Zuko more later on in the season? Okay. I'm glad that you brought that up. Because I think he's going to be a good guy. And what I mean by this is because they kind of made it really obvious and it's like classic storytelling, like like, like that three-act structural characters. Like you kind of introduce the, the hero, and then you punish him mid-episode, and then they have you save the hero at the end. And I felt like, why would they parallel Aang and Zuko if they're not kind of on the same journey? Because you see um, with Aang, you know, he, he like, introdu- introduction of the hero, 
And then like that punishing, like he finds out that they're going to take him away. So he runs away mm-hmm. and then he gets frozen. And then towards the end of the episode, the same situation happens, but he redeems himself in that situation. Now you kind of see that with Zuko, but you don't get the full fruition, but mm-hmm. they kind of teased it between those, like the parallel between the stories. So maybe he'll have that moment, even though like he saved the guy, I think that was a foreshadow of what is to come in a later season or this season. Who knows? But I'm ready for it. Dude, yeah. what, even taking that a step further with the audience, Go ahead, Ryan. the audience perception of them, it's what's so great about the show. Beginning, first two minutes, they set so much up. Mm-hmm. First two minutes, we get uh, the crew member just calling out Zuko, yep. and we're like, mm-hmm. this, we're like, I'm on the crew member's side. That's how I feel about Zuko. Spoiled brat. This is all I know about him. And then mm-hmm. the fisherman calling out Aang, and we're on Aang's side. Like this fisherman's a dick. And then by the end of the episode, you see you're flip flopped. It's like I am now on mm-hmm. Zuko's side. And then like, no, the fisherman was kind of right. Like Aang mm-hmm. bailed, yeah. and a lot of people died. It's really interesting. I think that's great because when you kind of break down their characters, they're kind of two sides of the same coin. One is running from his destiny before this episode, and one is trying to just get it back. Yeah. So before we go on to bingo for the episode, uh, Elgin, what is the lesson that you think there was in this episode? <sighs> I mean, you you have to under... I think the lesson is you should try to learn the perspectives of other people before you make a decision or judge them. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Ryan, what about you? What was your lesson you took away from this episode? Uh, I think this is a repeated lesson from ones before, but it's a new angle. And it's that whole like Mm -hmm. book by its cover. Don't judge a book by its cover. I think this idea that, you know, the avatar is perfect. Like how could anything this fisherman is saying about Aang be real? And then you realize, no, he was... He was a coward. Yeah, he was 12, but he was, he was a coward. Mm-hmm. And then with Zuko, this idea that he's a spoiled prince, no, he actually, even though he comes from that background, he has a heart. He stood up for some people who he, he didn't want to just get sacrificed or slain, and then he was punished for it, and now he's on this road just to get his uh, his honor back. Like I think that it's an interesting Don't Judge a Book by Its Cover episode. As, as well as my even my feelings towards the air nomads, where I thought they were all perfect and like, oh, they were mm-hmm. so horribly killed, but like, they threw this twelve year old into the deep end and expected him to be able to swim immediately, and he got frozen in an iceberg. <laughs> Way to bring it back there, Ryan Bailey. Ooh. What about you? What was your lesson? Um, I saw it kind of like as a, your past doesn't define you kind of thing, and to kind of harken back to what Ryan just said. Even though he ran away from the air nomads, like who's to say when the Fire Nation attacked that temple? Like if they had attacked at that, you know, they could have attacked days later and wiped out all every nomad, including the Avatar. And now everything is really over. So who's yeah. to say that that was the wrong choice to run away? You know, good point, Ryan. Um, you had a reaction to Bailey's point there. Sorry, actually, it wasn't to Bailey's point. It was to the chat real quick. Uh, really cool detail. Someone's pointing out in the chat from uh, Aaron Sims again. So when we get that flashback of Zuko getting scarred, and they mm-hmm. don't even show us him, the flame hitting skin or flesh. They just show the audience reaction and Ira looking away, and you notice his sister Azula is standing there grinning. Oh, yeah. Grinning. Oh, like I know. How... I knew it. I knew that was somebody important. 
dude. Yeah, because we, we, saw, we saw Zhao, who was smirking, and we already knew Zhao was a complete jerk. But yeah, you're right, Ryan. That was our first glimpse, Aaron as far sense. as I can remember. Uh, yeah, good job, Aaron. Yeah. As far as I can remember, that was our first glimpse of Azula, and she's smiling watching her brother have to fight their father and him losing and getting burned like that. So that tells you a lot about how messed up that family might turn out to be. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Yeah. Do you guys have any more final thoughts before we go on to bingo for this episode? Nope. All right, Ryan, Elgin, and Bailey. Did we get bingo? I think we did. All right, we got a uh, yes from Elgin. As somebody who's completely unfamiliar with the bingo board at the moment, I'm going to vote maybe. You go yes. We'll just go with a hard yes. Well, we got a 50% chance. Does, right. does the firebending count when Zuko and a guy was about to he fight because steam rose up? I, gave, I counted that. I did count that okay. as firebending, yes. Yeah. Ozai also burned Zuko off screen. Oh, oh I had, yeah, that too. that's true. That's true. I also had one other thing I want to bring up, just relating to Bailey, who's the, the music ahead, man here. How great was the music when the the wave engulfs Appa and and that Team Avatar, and they're underwater, and it's just like it's the same thing that happened to Aang when he got frozen in the iceberg, but this time he uses the Avatar state, and they all fly up. Like the oh, yeah. music. The music in the show is just killer in general. Jeremy Zuckerman does such a good job, and I love his work. He does a wonderful job. We should have had a music tile for Bingo. I think we... You're right. I think we had all the bending except for Earth. I'm going to go... I'm going to go... We got got Angry Zuko. We got Iroh. Do we have T? We had T. Do we have T when he was telling them the story? I did not put down that he had tea. I don't think it was tea. I, I yeah, think I don't he think that he was drinking tea. tea. Yeah. There was no boomerang. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yeah. So Elgin's yes, Bailey's yes, and Ryan's a no? I'm a no. All right, no, we did not get bingo. Oh, oh man. No. My shot in the dark miss. Dang it. <laughs> All right, so Ryan, if you want to pull up uh, that bingo board there for us. All right, so quick off, we had waterbending. We have Aang saving Sokka and the boat captain. Yeah, we were close a couple times in this one. We had Angry Zuko at the beginning. Mm -hmm. That's the whole reason that the crew was trash-talking him. Again, we had nothing from the second row. I didn't include, because Zuko technically wasn't the one talking about his honor. Everyone else was Uh... talking about Zuko's honor in this episode, except for him. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, we had an angry Katara. I'm going to challenge that. I'm throwing a challenge right. flag. Okay, Ryan. What? How do you challenge that? Because I think there's a flashback at the very beginning of the episode where Zuko's like, I'm going to do anything at any stake to do it, to get the okay. Avatar. Oh, he does talk about, um, well, he says no one crew member's safety is worth more than the Avatar or something like that. Oh, that's a good point too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. And then maybe is hinged on that. Yeah. All right. Then maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there. <laughs> bingo. No, there's no bingo. Still, still uh, we help. still did not get bingo. Oh, oh never man. mind. Yeah, we have <laughs> we have angry Katara because she was yelling at the fisherman for getting angry at Aang. Rightfully. Yo, if we had earthbending, we would have got it. If we had had earthbending. We would have no. We still wouldn't have gotten that. We didn't have the um, whistle being used. No, but if but, but you see. That oh, you're third, right. Yeah. We would have yeah, had the right four across. elements. Oh, you're right, mm. Ryan. 
We had our free space. We had our new characters, which we had a couple this time. Uh, We had the other airbenders because we hadn't really focused on them much except for Gyatso. Uh, We have more crew members from Zuko this time. And we get our first introductions for Mark Hamill's Ozai Mm. and uh, Zuko's sister Azula. Uh, Let's see, what else? We finally had lightning bending. We had our first use of that. That was great. Uh, We had Zuko mocked, which his crew members were mocking him at the beginning. True. We had had two uses of the Avatar state in this one, actually. We had the really quick one of Mm -hmm. Aang in the cave that kind of freaked Katara out. And then we have him using it again to save everybody, similar to how he does in the pilot. We did not get um, our boomerang. We did have a yip-yip from Katara. We had firebending. I'm counting him smoking from his hand. (laughs) We had quite a few flashbacks. And again, we did have airbending. Aang used airbending to save themselves from the waves all right well we're getting i close. love these i love the second episode. is that the closest we've been because i think there's one i believe box so we need it i believe that is the closest we have ever been wow for y'all have never yeah. gotten it we've never gotten it no Bailey, we've we've always, never gotten it. yeah we've been like one away so many times but we've never gotten it yet i'm kind of mm. hoping we don't get it until the finale you know what what if when we get it Bailey performs a song. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. So unfair. So unfair. Uh, maybe. We'll see. All right. So do you guys have any last thoughts before we wrap it up here today, guys? Um, I think Mark Campbell's awesome that he's voicing the Fire Lord. And so oh, does great. Katie Fox in the chat. I mean, that that is Luke Skywalker right there. And he's also a very talented voice actor who voices the Joker, amongst other people. But, man, Fire Lord Ozai. So cool. Yeah. Pretty great. All right. So, Elgin, real quick. What are your predictions for the rest of the season? Real quick, rapid fire. Um, yeah, Aang is going to use the Avatar State again. Um, Katara is going to learn some new skills. And maybe Zuko will be a good guy at the end somewhat. I love All how right. there's like two of those are very obviously like, yes, of course. <laughs> and then there's like one that's like a huge prediction that you're just casually throwing out there. <laughs> just casually. <laughs> well, Elgin, let's hope those all come true. <laughs> All right, well, thank you all so much for tuning in. We know you guys have a lot of different things you could be watching during quarantine. So thank you so much for stopping by and watching us. Elgin, where can everybody find you at home? You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Elgin underscore ball. And our guest host, Bailey, thank you so much for filling in today. Where can people find you if they want to talk with you online? You can also find me on Instagram at BalesBaloo. That's B-A-I-L-S-B-A-L-L-E-W. BalesBaloo. And our producer, Ryan, thank you so much for showing your face on the episode. Where can everyone find you online? It was an honor. Uh, You can find me at Ryan Nelson, R-Y-N-I-L-S-E-N on Twitter, and Ryan Nelson underscore on Instagram, and Star Wars News every Thursday, 4 p.m. on the Popcorn Talk Network. Eric Jewell, Eric Jellyfish Jewell, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at EricJewell11. That is E-R-I-C-J-E-W-E-L-L-1-1. Again, thank you guys so much for stopping by. AfterBuzz TV is the ESPN of TV talk. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys next week for episodes 13 and 14. Until then, stay safe, everyone. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first. We're the biggest in the world. And we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. Hmm. <laughs>
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.